Hello and welcome back to Panthers for Life Weekly, Spotify's number one podcast for Middlebury College Athletics. It's been another awesome weekend for the Panthers, and we are pumped to bring you along for the ride. My name is Cole, and I'm joined by my friends, Sam, Dan here, and we are so excited to give you in, an insight into all things Middlebury College Athletics. The natatorium has been buzzing lately as the swim team preps for their season. Last week, they held their intra squad blue and white meet which certainly got the excitement through the roof. It's coming Saturday, the 19th. Marks their season opener with Dual Meet against Nescac Foe and Khan College. Can't wait to see what the Aquatic Panthers can do this year. Let's go. The women's basketball team tipped off against Mount St. Mary's this Saturday. Their efforts weren't enough to walk out of the gym victorious, unfortunately, losing 61-68. to There were some great performances, though, led by Alexa Mustafaj, who scored 28. Yeah, I had a friend text me in the second quarter that she must have already scored 20 points. I think we'll be saying her name a lot this winter. Couldn't agree more. This weekend, the Panthers are headed down to Arlington, Virginia to play in the Pablo Cato tournament. The first game will be against Widener University on Friday, and they'll play at least one more game on Saturday, hopefully in the next round of the tourney. Hope they can make some magic down in Virginia this weekend. Men's basketball has been getting ramped up for their season opener this Friday by having a scrimmage against UVM a little while back. Hold on. UVM is quite the talented team. I've seen their names on the bracket in the NCAA tournament before. Any word on how the Panthers held up against this D1 talent? Nothing official as it was just a scrimmage, but the rumors are that we kept up with them pretty good. We'll see if the Panthers can bring their swagger to the Rick Martin Hampton Inn Classic this weekend. They open up on Friday night against Westfield State and then take on Nichols College on Saturday. Excited to see what this team can do on the court. Men's ice hockey begins their season this Friday, the 18th, against Colby College at Kenyon Arena at 3 p.m. This season marks the 100th anniversary of the men's team. Women's hockey also starts their season on Friday, the 18th, against Colby College at Kenyon, but their puck drops at 7 p.m. For this week's edition of the classic PFL segment, Dan's Stat of the Week, trademarks and patents pending, I want to bring you, humble listener, to Kenyon Arena. We're talking about ice hockey. The reigning NCAA Division III 2022 national champion women's ice hockey team had a dominant season last year, going 27-0. and 0. Wow. How exactly did they do it? Dominating the power play has to have been a factor. The Panthers converted on 23.5% of their power play opportunities, two times higher than that of their opponents. All of us in the studio are excited to see how they can build on the success this year. For the volleyball team, junior libero Kelly Ferrero was named first-team AVCA All-Region. And outside hitter Katie Krakowski was named honorable mention AVCA All-Region. And on Thursday, sophomore setter Gabby O'Toole was named second-team All-NESCAC. Congrats to them on their accomplishments. Football lost an exciting game at Tufts this weekend, concluding their season with an impressive 7-2 record. With this record, the Panthers have earned NESCAC runner-up honors, second to only the undefeated 9-0 Trinity College. Yep, it has been nothing short of a great season for the Panthers, filled with many impressive performances on both sides of the ball. On offense, quarterback Cole Cannon and his receiving core of Donovan Wood, Greg Livingston, and Patrick Jammon blossomed into one of the best units in the CAC. Although Livingston is graduating, the rest of this core looks to add on to this impressive season next year. The Panthers have one of the best defensive units in the conference as well. Look for players like defensive back Rocco Stola and defensive end Dave Phileas, among others on this young core, to continue to dominate next year. One last note. This game marked the end of Bob Ritter's storied career as head coach of the Panthers. Ritter has led the Panthers to three NESCAC championships, 
He coached the first NESCAC team to a perfect 9-0 record during the Panthers' 2019 championship season. Thank you, Coach Ritter. Man, I don't know about you guys, but that music get me excited. Woo! For trivia this week, we're looking at none other than head football coach Bob Ritter. Saturday marked the last time that he'll be on the sidelines with his headset. And boy, oh boy, he's been there a lot. But just how many games has he been the head coach? Is it A, 173, B, 234, or C, 299? What do my companions think? I'm going to take a gander and say C, 299 games. Wow. See, Dan, uh, we talked to Dave Phileas a couple weeks ago, and he spoke very highly of Coach Ritter. I've been here for a while leading this team to many, many, many heights, including their 9-0 2019 championship season. Um, so I would have to agree with you. I think 299 games. I think this coach has had a lot of experience, a lot of success, and I, am not, I wouldn't be surprised that his tenure as coach reflects that. It's a good guess, and certainly his ability as a coach, is, I'd believe that too. But unfortunately for you two, the answer is A, 173 games. Coach Ritter led the Panthers to 112 wins out of those 173. This may have been his last game as a coach, but his legacy will certainly carry on, including the first ever 9-0 NESCAC championship team in 2019. On Saturday, the men's soccer team lost their NCAA tournament game against Rowan University 3-2. The Panthers came back from an early 0-1 hole to lead the game 2-1 at half, with goals from Jordan St. Louis and Kyle Nilsson. Rowan scored twice in the second half, and the Panthers were unable to produce another goal. Senior defender Mike McFarlane and forward Jordan St. Louis were named all NESCAC second-team players. McFarlane was part of the stout Panthers defense that earned eight shutouts, and St. Louis led the team with 15 points. For women's soccer, senior Elise Morris was named first-team All-NESCAC for the second consecutive year. Morris anchored the Panthers' defensive unit all year that only allowed .94 goals per game. Super senior Feb and friend of the program, Kate Wagner, was named second-team All-NESCAC, leading the Panthers' midfield all season long. Congratulations, Elise and Kate. Field hockey and women's lacrosse alumna Aaron Nicholas, 22, has been named an NCAA Woman of the Year finalist. Earlier this fall, she was named to the field of 30 contenders for the award, and on Thursday, she was named to be one of the nine finalists from those 30 people, with three representing each division of the NCAA. At Middlebury, Nicholas was a four-time NCAA and NESCAC champion for field hockey, a two-time NCAA and NESCAC champion for women's lacrosse, and held a preposterous 151-9 record in her career between the two sports. She was also named the 2022 Division III Athlete of the Year. With the conclusion of the regular season, the NESCAC released its all-conference teams. Several Panthers made the team. Amy Griffin and Katie George were tabbed as first-team All-NESCAC, and Charlotte Marks earned second-team All-NESCAC honors. Also, head coach Catherine DiLorenzo was named NESCAC Coach of the Year for the fifth straight time. On Saturday, the team handled the number 11th-ranked MIT 8-0 at Cone Field to advance in the NCAA tournament. The game marked Middlebury's 50th win in the NCAA tournament as well. Katie George and Amy Griffin which should be familiar names to any seasoned PFL listener, provided the bulk of the Panthers' offense. George scored three goals on three shots, while Griffin notched three assists. The Panther defense held strong all day, 
and goalie Grace Harlan made three saves en route to another clean sheet. On Sunday, the Panthers had a chance at a revenge against Trinity College, who earlier in the season spoiled Middlebury's overall undefeated record and home win streak. The Panthers were ready for the occasion, and their powerful and meticulous play overpowered the ninth-ranked Bantams by a score of 3 to nothing. Sadie Lestage opened up the scoring in the first quarter, and the team didn't look back. Katie George added a second goal in the third quarter, and Amy Griffin iced the game with an insurance tally in the final frame. The team will travel down to Glassboro, New Jersey, to face off against number three-ranked Rowan University on November 18th in the Final Four matchup. On Saturday, both the men's and women's cross-country teams ran in the NCAA Mid-East Regional Races in Canton, New York. The men's team placed third at the meet and were led by strong individual performances from Alec Geronda and Xander Kessler. Geronda finished eighth overall and Kessler finished ninth. Geronda and Kessler have been performing well all season, with Geronda being named first-team All-NESCAC and Kessler second-team All-NESCAC earlier this month. On Sunday, the team earned an at-large bid to the NCAA Cross-Country Championship, which is Saturday the 19th in Lansing, Michigan. The women's team placed eighth at the meet, being led by Kate Kenny, who finished 25th, and Morgan Orcutt, who finished 30th. Unfortunately, the team did not earn a bid to the NCAA championship race. We had a chance to catch up with Geronda after his race to talk about this past weekend, as well as the team's aspirations for the NCAA championship next weekend. Yeah, so I had the first question. So Saturday's race was, was a pretty cold one. It was, I think it was like 55 and overcast. And so it, we were just curious um, how the weather and like race conditions affect your preparation and strategy for your races. And if that's going to impact how you're going to be preparing for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so you're right. Yeah. This past Saturday, it was pretty cold, right? Cause it was like overcast and it was a little rainy, you know? Um, and yeah, this next weekend we're looking at like a high of like 28 or something like that in, in Lansing, Michigan. So that's going to be absolutely freezing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the most important thing is obviously, I mean, you know, staying warm, you know, you lose a lot of, a lot of energy, um, just like trying to stay warm. So, um, you know, we try and just, I'm planning on packing a bag with just like, just about everything that I have in my locker, like all my layers I could possibly bring to this meet. I'm going to bring, you know, blankets and everything. Um, cause yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta stay as warm as possible. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's definitely going to be definitely going to be a consideration. I, the, you know, even this past weekend, I think some of that made it even worse with the, um, with the cold was that we were like splashing through like puddles and like mud and stuff like that. And when you're wet and cold, you know, that like, that like doubles the cold that makes it real bad. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it won't be too wet this coming weekend. Um, but yeah, definitely we'll be trying to stay warm for sure. I'm going to interject, but so I guess for context, for people listening, um, there was a picture of the team, everyone who had raced after the fact, um, and they were super muddy, especially captain Luke Lorenz. So we were, Sam and I were looking at the picture. We were actually wondering what happened to Luke to get him so muddy. <laughs> um, I think when, so first of all, the, the women raced first, which is on a muddy day, you never want to be the one running the second race because, you know, they run the first one, they just rip up the course and there's already a ton of mud everywhere. Um, but what was particularly bad was the finishing shoot. Um, cause it's like you come in and, you know, everyone comes right into that small little funnel when they finish. And, um, Luke came in and I think he was just like wiped from the race. And he was like, you know, down on the ground, basically like rolling around in all this mud that like, 
the the girls had you know created from the race before so uh yeah he he was real muddy but we were all real muddy i mean to begin i remember i was basically just like eating mud out there i mean you had to just be okay with people just kicking their mud all over you um that was like a serious cross-country race right there so and you guys will be second racing second i believe in in michigan (laughs) it's probably gonna be take two of that but yeah yeah so awesome okay our next question um is, is sort of related to like training and stuff and so you guys started your season way back in september with the uh, the maple syrup classic and you'll be <laughs> racing for the the indoor and outdoor track teams as well so we're sort of curious what's it like competing for such an extended period of time and sort of how you sort of stay at a high level for such a for so many months that's a really good question um and this is sort of something that uh, i sort of had to learn um sort of the hard way actually i feel like going through college um you as as a distance runner a lot of us come into school uh come into college after high school running where you're not really running quite that much um high school runners don't do really like crazy mileage usually it's more just like kind of raw talent like how kind of fast are you just based on whatever yeah um but when you get to college usually the expectation is that you're running like anywhere between like 60 and like a hundred miles a week. Um, so you could be running a real lot. And I remember when I was a freshman, I came into college and I was like, you know, that's, that's what I got. That's what college athletes do. We got to run a million miles. And so I was trying to run like crazy mileage every week, whatever. And completely burnt out. I was like sick all the time. I was like tired all the time. Um, and I ended like, so that was like pre uh, that was like my freshman year, sophomore year, you know, I, between like talking to the coach and talking to the upperclassmen on the team sort of figured out that that's not really the way that running and training works. Uh, the, the better thing to do is sort of to take it in like peaks and troughs kind of, you know, you take like your month where you're not running quite so much. Then you have your months where you're running a lot. Um, and you taper for different parts of the season. Like, you know, like right now I'm not running nearly as much as I was in like September because, you know, we're trying to peak for nationals, you know, which makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to, especially doing it right, being like doing all three seasons, um, you really have to focus on when are your, when are you trying to peak for, when are you trying to be chill for um, so that you're not, you know, constantly beat up. And luckily our coach, Nicole um, and Martin on the track team are really great for figuring out when we want to be doing that. So we don't have to think about that so much. So you've certainly come into your own as a leader of what has shaped into be an excellent team this year. And so we're kind of just wondering if you could offer some insight into like the challenges that your group, this group has sort of had to overcome to get to this point so far. Ooh, yeah, uh, that's a good question. Definitely. Um, early season, we were seriously struggling with um, a lot of injury. Um, we sort of came in at an interesting place this year compl- compared to last year um, because I don't know, last year was very fresh because uh, half the team had never even run a college race before because we had that COVID year off. Um, and so we didn't really know what we could do. Um, we came into this year with very high expectations of our team because um, we came off a, a really great finish in 2021 um, and we knew we were returning a lot of our guys. Um, and so we were really grinding really hard. And unfortunately, like I said, you know, like I said, that we're really trying to aim for some peaks and troughs at the right time. Um, 
we sort of, we unfortunately had to deal with a lot of injury in the beginning of the season because we were running a little too hard too early, um, which is kind of tough. You know, I really want to have to um, have to deal with that as a team. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of us were like in the training room is, it, it was not good. Um, but as the season went on, we sort of kind of got our, got ourselves together a little bit um, and sort of mellowed it out. Luckily our, you know, Nicole, our coach sort of, saw what was going on realized we needed to chill it out a little bit. Um, but I would say like from like a, a upperclassman point of view, um, what I was really trying to do, and I know what our captains were trying to do was really just keep the, you know, the optimistic vibe, you know, like it was, and luckily this did sort of pan out, but like back in September when so many guys are hurt, not feeling good, sick, whatever, um, you got to tell everyone it's just September. Like this is a long season. We have to November, you can take your time to recover. And luckily that is sort of what happened. You know, most of our guys who were sick or not feeling so great back in like September, um, we're able to bounce back come, come uh, championship season, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, so definitely like always staying optimistic, you know, I think the upperclassmen did a really great job, especially when we had some underclassmen who were hurt, you know, keeping, um, keeping high energy hopes up. So actually on the note of the underclassmen, we talked with Owen, sorry, on the note of the underclassmen, we talked with Owen a couple weeks back Mm. about like how he's quite strong class. It's like, how are you going to look like for those guys to develop and become like what you guys have now, like keep the program strong? Oh yeah. Our, our, uh, the, the freshmen rock. Uh, They're great. Um, Yeah. We, we love those guys. Um, The sophomores too, I guess they're included underclassmen. But um, yeah, no, seriously, one of the best recruiting classes we have ever seen, probably like even in like all of D3, probably one of the best recruiting classes. I mean, we got some really fast kids. And I think even more important, though, than the fact that it, they came in with so much talent is that such a hardworking group of guys and such a friendly group of guys. And that's really what you're looking for, because that's what is going to, you know, keep the team good like they got to be you know you need hardworking guys who are committed and committed to each other most importantly you know because when we're out there you're really running it for the team you know and you're doing it for each other so with those guys are just just awesome and you know they love each other we love them so i'm literally zero percent worried that they are gonna continue the team on make us even better than we are now um, yeah, between their talent and, you know, their love for the team and each other, it's team's going to be in good hands. Not worried about it. Not at all. <laughs> I think that's all the questions we had. Um, so yeah, thanks again so much. Really appreciate Thank it. You, this was, this was awesome. Great. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Yeah. On. Good luck on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Kick, kick some butt. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. See, See ya. That's it for us from the PFL studio here in the Middlebury campus office. It has been another memorable week for Middlebury College Athletics. And it has been our distinct pleasure to keep you, Panther Nation, up to date on things. Before we sign off for the week, the PFL crew and I would like to thank Ali Paquette, Director of Athletics Communications, Charles Krauts, Senior Sports Editor for the Middlebury Campus. As always, it's a great day to be a Panther. Thank you. <laughs>